Managing your 401k is hard. Bloom isn't. See what you could be doing to make your 401k better by getting a free analysis at bloom401k.com slash fool. That's bloom with three O's, 401k.com slash fool. It's Wednesday, June 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Matt Argusinger. Good to see you. Hey, good to be here. I was just up in the... Uh, the motherland. Yeah, I just I just flew from Boston, and I'm so jealous after the story you just told. <laughs> it was a good night. Last night was a good. I'm not going to lie. Last night was a good night. Uh, went and saw Dave Chappelle and John Stewart at the Wang Center, which has a new name. They have a sponsor. Everyone still calls it the Wang Center. Oh, but I, it's got, it's got some other sponsor there. But um, I was wondering about that because yeah. Wang, as we well, if you if you followed stock market history, yes, the Wang Corporation, it's not quite. Where it was when it named right. that particular theater, the Wang Center, back in the day, 25, 30 years ago. That was a great tech stock to own. Oh, yeah. Wang Computer? Absolutely. Not so much today. No. Um, but, but an amazing venue for anyone who is, has the opportunity. It, and, and there are other places like this around the country and around the world, but just one of those brilliantly designed theaters where the acoustics are amazing. And the sight lines are amazing, which is great because we were like in the third balcony. But it was a it was a phenomenal show. And then uh, got home and watched the end of the Red Sox game. <sighs> People don't want to hear about that. People want to hear about AT and T and Time Warner, <laughs> which finally that deal got approved. Eighty five billion dollar deal got approved. Uh, we'll we'll get to sort of the particulars. One of the things, and I was saying this to you earlier. One of the things I was struck by as I was driving to the airport earlier today and listening to some of the coverage of this story was the discussion of the actual uh, verdict handed down by Judge Leon, who's the, uh, uh, the federal judge appointed by President George W. Bush. And for anyone who has watched this AT&T Time Warner deal uh, drag on through the courts for... Uh, Almost two years. I was going to say, uh, north of 18 months this yeah. has been going on. Yeah. And... For anyone who watched this and thought, well, whenever they get to a decision, I'm sure that the judge, it, it, the, the way it will be worded will be something along the lines of, well, this was a really tough decision with merits on both sides, but ultimately I decided to side with this, you know, with one or the other. No, that was not the case at all. <laughs> People, <laughs> the coverage I was listening to, were, all they could talk about was Judge Leon wrote a decision where he basically said to the to the federal government don't waste my time with this anymore this you had a i, I think the phrase he had was gossamer thin i know i I've, I've heard that before but that was the first time i'd heard that in kind of like a a federal court judgment yeah, call a federal judge saying to the federal government wow this was pathetic on your part don't appeal this and if you do appeal this i'm not going to grant a stay but do everyone a favor and don't appeal this because this has been a waste of time and money. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was remarkable to see it kind of come to that swift of an end and that decisive of a decision because it, it has been north of eighteen months that we've been hearing about this and wondering if this was ever going to happen. Uh, and now that it has happened, um, I have to say I can't help but think though, uh, you know, AT and T Time Warner. I keep reminding myself of AOL Time Warner. Yes, which of course. Roughly 20 years ago now, uh, kind of signaled the end of that dot com era. But just, I even, maybe this is how much of a nerd I am, but I remember where I was when AOL and Time Warner was announced. I mean, I was sitting with some buddies in college and we were just marveling at the size of this deal and how a company like AOL, which was just a 
you know, a dot com company. I mean, the biggest dot com company at the time with you know tens of millions of subscribers, but they were buying Time Warner, this this generations old media company uh, and and a content rich oh, media yeah. company. And at the time, because I'm older than you, and I also remember this deal well. Not all of our listeners do, but but I'm sure some of them do. AOL Time Warner at the time. It was first of all, it was a deal that was roughly twice the size of this one. It was oh, yeah. a one hundred sixty billion dollar deal, and at the time, once people got over the fact that here's this young upstart tech company AOL, it's not the other way around. It's not the cent- you know centuries. It's not the decades old media company Time Warner buying AOL. It's the other way around. Once people got over that. Much of the narrative was, holy cow, this is the future. This is how it's going to look. AOL has the platform. They've got the distribution system. They've got the eyeballs. They've got the eyeballs. And Time Warner has all this content. They've got Time Magazine. They've got Sports Illustrated People. They've got all these different magazines and properties. And this is going to be fantastic. And that was pretty much uh, that was day one, yeah, <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. That's right. It was it was the opposite of fantastic for shareholders, especially. Uh, but I can't help but think we're talking about similar things today. I mean, you're talking about AT and T, which has well over 100 million subscribers. When you talk about their mobile business and their direct TV uh, business, uh, Time Warner has its own cable business, or it did before it was split off. But you're combining, you know, this deep well of content from Time Warner, CNN, HBO, TNT. Uh, and this phenomenal, one of the biggest distribution businesses in the world, networks in the world, and that's AT&T. Uh, and so, this is by all accounts what they call a vertically integrated merger. You know, you're, you're taking, you're not taking really two of the same businesses. You're taking a business that does one thing really well and another business that presumably does something really well as well, and merging them together. And it's 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 happening now, and I feel like they said they're going to close the deal as early as next week. Just shows you how fast things are turning here. But I definitely think this opens the the floodgate for a lot more similar consolidation, like we're seeing right here. Yeah, I, I think that, and, and this is one of the things I heard was that uh, there was a reporter who checked in with some sources uh, at Wall Street banks and said there were a lot of people in the mergers and acquisitions division that were. Either changing or flat out canceling their summer vacation plans <laughs> because they're expecting right. a lot of M and A activity. And I think we should probably just start with Comcast. Yes, because with with Disney making the bid for Fox assets and Comcast, it seemed like there was at least a little bit of tension within Comcast regarding how hard they should go after Fox's assets. And I think a little bit of that tension had to do with the fact of that up until now. There hadn't been a ruling on AT and T Time Warner, and so if if you're if you're inside the conference rooms at Comcast and you're arguing eh, maybe let's not go after that, at least part of your argument has to be look this could be a waste of time and money. This could be shot down. Now the light could not possibly be greener. That in terms of what will approval be from the you know from. The judiciary, right? Right now, it's just like, oh yeah, no, this is going to get approved. Especially if you know if, if Judge Leon happens to oversee <laughs> the Comcast Fox deal. Right. But I totally agree. I mean, I expect as early as tomorrow, we're going to see Comcast come out. Perhaps even tonight, but Comcast is going to come out with a strong formal bid for Fox that should, you know, by all rumors, trump largely trump what Disney has offered. And there's rumors that it's going to be an all cash deal, which is obviously going to be more enticing. It should be more enticing to Fox uh, shareholders and insiders. And so I think that happens. 
I think Verizon is probably going to do a, could be doing a big content deal at some point. They already have, but they're, they're, they'll probably do more. I think a company like T-Mobile is probably going to say, "Hey, we need to we need to get into the content business as well." Um, now, I will say these kind of mega deals generally haven't worked out for shareholders in the past. I mean, you know, AOL and Time Warner's uh, you know a poster child for that, but. As a shareholder, if I'm a shareholder of AT and T, you know, or a shareholder of Comcast, that's going to make this Fox deal. You have to you have to wonder if this is going to really work out for me. If the if the if the benefits that all these companies can see, if the synergies, if if all of these eyeballs and all this new content is really going to come together and create long term value, you have to be skeptical of that. So Steve Case, who was heading up AOL and therefore heading up the AOL Time Warner deal. Um, he was on CNBC today and and <laughs> essentially offering some unsolicited advice to uh, to AT and T regarding this merger and pointing to a couple of things which you know maybe maybe aren't um, necessarily news per se but because uh, you can go back and study why that deal ultimately didn't work out and, and come to these conclusions but I feel like it it obviously adds it has more weight when it's coming from Steve Case himself because oh, sure. he's the one sort of overseeing these mistakes and he talked about. The the very different cultural fits that they were trying to make work and how they they ultimately did not make those work. But the other thing he said, and this this ties into something we talked about on Motley Fool Money last week, and he talked about the the focus on the short term, saying that when he when he thinks back on that deal, the focus that they, that everyone involved had on we got to not only do we need to make this work, we need to make we need to show results immediately for the next quarter and the quarter after that, as opposed to, hey. What's gonna What's gonna work three years from now? What you know? What can right. we do to make this work in the long term? Because in the short term, if if all we do is focus on the short term, we're gonna blow this. That's right. And I I caught a little bit of that interview. And one other thing that I think Steve Case said was, when they did the AOL Time Warner deal, it was all about playing offense. You know, trying to kind of put these things together and really you know spread content across the internet. You know, the 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 young internet at the time. But I think, and this might have been bearing the lead a little bit. But I we can't I can't help but say that. What the AT&T Time Warner deal is, and what the potential Comcast Disney, sorry, Comcast Fox deal is, it's it's all about playing defense, and they're playing defense against Netflix. Yes, which, and this this is something that uh, you know a lot of shareholders might or investors might find remarkable, uh, but you know this. Tiny used to be tiny video streaming DVD by mail company. Today, Netflix is worth more than twice of the $85 billion deal for Time Warner. Uh, it is worth more. It, Netflix now is $10 billion bigger than Disney. Right? And so, what makes, what makes Netflix so great? If you think about it, it's simple. It's cheap. It's personalized. It's platform agnostic. It's accessible anywhere you want to be, as long as you have a strong internet connection. It's such an amazing value proposition for so many subscribers out there. And so, that is, that's the model all of these companies are chasing, in a way. But they're doing it you know, by going after kind of older media assets, um, legacy distribution businesses, it's it's interesting to see if, if them playing defense actually hurts them in this sort of pursuit or or defense against the Netflixes of the world, the Amazon Primes of the world, the Hulu's, the the new ways content is being distributed and viewed around the world. And you look at shares in Netflix, which are up five percent today, which is incredible when you consider that there were presumably smart. Analysts coming out over the last couple of days, as we knew, we knew at the end of last week, uh, the decision on AT and T Time Warner that's that's coming next week. So we we've known for 
a little while now that this thing was coming. And sort of in the lead up into it, you get the sort of, okay, well, if, if the deal gets approved, who are the winners, who are the losers? More than a couple smart people coming out and saying, well, if this deal gets approved, Netflix is absolutely a loser in this deal. And it's like, well, I suppose, in theory, uh, that Maybe. makes sense, but at least in in the, in the short term uh, voting machine of uh, the investing world, yeah, no, Netflix up today. No, no, I think that I think that's 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 more telling. Um, another winner, obviously, is Fox because shares of Fox are up ten percent just in the last twenty four hours, and there is every reason to believe that, as you said, Comcast is going to come out with a formal bid, and it's going to be. Whatever it was going to be a month ago, it's probably going to be a little bit higher now. And yet, I mean, don't we have to assume that Disney is going to restructure their offering? Well, or do they just wait and see? Let me say, I hope not as a Disney shareholder, because I, I and one of the reasons I think Disney was up a little bit today is because I think the market's saying, well, Comcast is going to going to submit their bid. It's going to trump Disney's bid. Comcast is if Fox behaves. Rationally and capitalistic as we we think they should, then they'll probably take the Comcast deal unless Disney does something. But I think the market might be saying, you know, Disney, hey, Bob Iger, you might not need this deal. You might not need to spend the tens of billions you're going to need to spend to buy Fox or you know get in this bidding war with Comcast and end up paying a huge premium. That so I almost think that the market's saying, you know, Disney, this might be your opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to step back. We're not going to get in a bidding war. Uh, we're going to focus on the assets that we have, the new distribution avenues we're looking for. Um, maybe this, maybe this actually brings Disney and Netflix back together in some kind of new distribution licensing agreement. I don't know, but I, I just think there's probably, as a Disney shareholder, I would say there there are probably better things Disney could be investing its capital in than trying to certainly than getting into a bidding war with Comcast. Well, and you, you look at the coverage of Rupert Murdoch, and it certainly seems like, in terms of uh, his heart. Uh, what he would prefer that these assets end up with Disney because he thinks Disney and Bob Iger are going to be better caretakers of these. But everything that we've read over the past month or so points to not just Comcast coming with a a, a higher bid. It's looking like a significantly higher bid. Yeah. I mean, when you look at right now, the offer on the table from Disney fifty two billion. In, is it is it all stock or is it stock and cash? I think I think it's a combination, but okay. a lot of stock. A yeah. lot of stock, but yeah. it's, but the but the number is fifty two billion. I mean, the the reported number a month ago on Comcast was sixty billion. Now, if we assume it's going to be a little bit higher, I mean, at a minimum, it's going to come in ten billion higher. Right, and it's and it's likely to be an all cash deal. Um, <laughs> So yeah, as if if you're a fiduciary at Comcast, I think you kind of have a duty probably to strongly consider Comcast's bid and and at least see at Fox if you're a fiduciary. I'm at Fox. sorry if you're a fiduciary yeah. at Fox, strongly consider Comcast's bid and uh, you know see what else Disney is willing to do. I think if you if they just blindly rejected that and went with you know with Disney's bid, I think there'd be some problems there. I think there absolutely would be some problems there. <laughs> uh, quick word of thanks to Bloom. Do you have a 401k? I hope you do. Do you remember how frustrating it was deciding what to invest in without professional help? Now there's a better way to grow your 401k, and it's with Bloom, Bloom with three O's. Bloom is a simple, smart, and affordable way to grow your 401k. And you can go online to bloom401k.com fool and simply connect your existing 401k in just a few easy steps, and then you sit back and relax while Bloom performs an unbiased analysis of the funds in your account and chooses the best mix 
to meet your goals while minimizing hidden investment fees. Getting your investments right does not have to be hard or painful or time-consuming. Bloom only takes five minutes, and then your retirement is set until you cancel. And they link to your existing 401k so you don't have to move your money, because that's just a pain. Even when it's the right decision, moving your money is just a pain. Oh, yeah. Bloom is so simple that the hardest thing about Bloom is remembering there are three O's in the word Bloom. So go to bloom401k.com slash fool and use the promo code fool for your first month free and see the difference that Bloom could make in your retirement. We are just hours away from the official start of FIFA World Cup 2018. But the news today, at least in this office and probably other offices across America, is about World Cup 2026. Oh, yeah. Which will be here in North America. I'm excited. Can I buy shares of Matt Argusinger will be attending at least one, if not multiple, games, regardless of where they are? Go big. Buy call options on that and everything. (laughs) That's that's a certain win, for sure. So, I like that this is all of North America. This is a joint bid uh, among Canada, Mexico, and the United States. There's, I believe, and also interesting to me, I was reading earlier today, that there were cities at least in the United States and presumably in the other countries, um, that said, no, we don't want to be a part of this. Like I guess like Chicago was one of the cities that said, no, we don't want to be a former. So there's something like 23, 26 cities spread out across North America that are part of this official bid. Um, happily for you, both Boston and Washington, D.C. are on that list. Mm. So, um, I mean, we'll just stay with Fox for a moment. I mean, because the, the, this is not one of the assets that is up for sale because uh, Fox is keeping Fox Sports. It's a good day for Fox. It I mean, is all I mean, around. They've, all got, around. they've got the shares up ten percent because of what's going to be a, a higher bid from Comcast coming in at some point, and they've got the broadcast rights through twenty twenty six. Well, and this has got to feel good because it was such a. You know, such a hit to them when the U.S. failed to qualify yes. you know, several months ago, and you know, so for for 2018, for right, so uh, for this World Cup, and so now that they know, well, and that's the beauty. If you host a World Cup, you're you're given a free pass in, so there won't be any qualification for the U.S. for 2026. I assume that works for Mexico and Canada too. I assume all three hosts are going to get in. That's usually how it works, but I don't think we've ever had a three country. Uh, host of the World Cup before, so I, I don't know how that works. All the way. Is, uh, by the way, is there is there a lot of danger that Mexico is not going to qualify for the no, World Cup? Like, no, don't, like, I, aren't they just one of the typical? From our region, yeah, they usually get in. So so do we usually, of course, not this yeah. time around. But Canada, no, Canada's. Gosh, you know, I don't. They might have been to one World Cup in the last twenty years. I mean, I might be making that up, but I think that's that's about right. Uh, but yeah, fine. This got to feel good. I mean, they have the rights. I think soccer. In general, or football, as they call it, you know, around the world, I think that's that's gaining a lot of traction in the U.S. I mean, I think as the demographics change in the U.S., but just just the popularity of the sport, more Americans are in the, and than ever are watching the European leagues, the Premier League, the Champions League, which is the you know the cross European club championship, uh, and I, I just think it keeps growing here in the U.S. and that's going to be a great tournament um, and very valuable property for Fox to have for the next. You know, three World Cups. And didn't Amazon just make some bid for? Didn't they secure some some broadcast rights for for the Premiership? That's right. They're okay. showing some Premier League games in the upcoming season. Um, are you planning uh, to be in the office during the World Cup? Like, I, like <laughs> even though the U.S. is not, even though the U.S. Well, I, I was happy to get you in the studio today because 
Uh, and I shouldn't put this on you. Like, it's not like you're the only soccer fan in this office. No, there are plenty no, of people. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the uh, our company is very good. It always, it always, it never fails to make me smile. Every March, uh, there are stories written about the lost productivity in the United <laughs> States because of the uh, NCAA basketball tournament and people watching during the day and that sort of thing. And our company just totally leans into that, and we've just got. Flat screen TVs uh, all oh, yeah. over, all over the office that have the games on, and people are scheduling meetings in conference rooms while games are going on, so they can you know one one eye on the meeting and one eye on the game. And so it, I'm assuming we're going to have the games on here. I think so. And the, and the nice thing is, well, maybe it's not nice if you're if you're the average employer out there, but most of the games because of our time zone are going to be taking place between you know early in the morning till early afternoon <laughs> here. So it's really the work hours. Uh, but yeah, like my DVR is going to be working overdrive. I'm going to try for some of the games. I'm going to try to tape them and somehow not pay attention to my screen or Twitter or whatever and try to get home and watch some. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to find times during the day to watch. I can't, can't help it. So for the, the novice viewer like myself, um, and I, I know about sort of the powerhouse teams. I know Germany is, is one of the favorites. I think Brazil is another favorite. Yeah, um, Spain's up there. Um, yeah. what, is, there a t- is there sort of a, an underdog team? What, what was it? Wasn't it four years ago that Iceland made the run? Didn't Iceland make it to... Well, they, they they beat Great yeah. Britain, right? And they they made it to the final four or maybe the final eight, but it was just one of those things where there were there are three hundred thousand people who live in Iceland, and thirty thousand people from Iceland were at the game. I think where they beat Great Britain, and so it's like wow, ten percent of the country is at this game. Yeah, I well, so that was the that was the European Cup. European so that was Cup. right. Okay. So it's still very. I mean, Iceland. Came out of nowhere to get, and they're in this World Cup, and you know who knows whether or not they get anywhere. But I think, you know, one team uh, like um, Cristiano Ronaldo, best player in the world, right there with Messi. Um, You know, he plays for Portugal. Portugal's never had a good, great overall team. They've never had a great overall finish in in the World Cup, and so I would say that might be a dark horse team if if Cristiano plays really well. Um, There's also Egypt, which you know rarely, rarely makes the World Cup. They have Mo Salah, who's one of probably the best players in the world as well, certainly top five. He plays for Liverpool. Uh, He's leading that team. Maybe they can make some noise. Probably not because it's just it's going to be really hard. But yeah, those are some teams that. Might it might be fun to watch to see if they can kind of break out of the early rounds, make it to the you know semi you know, knockout stages. The whole thing about Iceland and, and the ten percent of the country attending the game that was my second favorite stat coming out of that tournament. My favorite was that the the coach of Iceland's team uh, was a dentist. Yes, <laughs> I know it's fantastic. It's like, it was basically like. Ah, I'm kind of busy with my dental practice. Well, we need someone to coach the team. All right. All right. That'll how, take a few weeks off. How much time is this going to take? <laughs> All right. right. Matt Argetsinger, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.